1: That's audible.com/wonderypod slash or text wonderypod to 500 500.
2: Tonight, our new reporting into the investigation into that deadly shooting on a college campus in Las Vegas. As we learn more about the victims, and police say the gunman had recently been denied a job at the university. A city on edge. The new details, as sources tell CBS News, it was university police who confronted the shooter. The news from the White House. Where do negotiations stand for another pause in fighting in Gaza? Congress opens an investigation into Harvard, Penn, and MIT after their presidents testified about anti-Semitism on campus. America's border crisis. We're there as migrant crossings reach near record levels.
3: This is the breach in the wall that the smugglers have cut through, and this is what the Border Patrol is up against. On this Georgia barrier island, time, taxes, and zoning laws may have caught up with a piece of unique African-American
4: history. We have thrived, and we want to continue to thrive, but we cannot if it's snatched away.
2: Good evening, and thank you for being with us. We're going to begin tonight with new details about that mass shooting on a college campus. We're just learning the identities of two of the three people killed at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We want to show you their pictures. Patricia Navarro-Velez, a 39-year-old mother, and Jerry Chang, 64. They were both business professors. All those killed and injured were faculty members, no students. Police just revealing that the gunman had a target list, but that nobody on that list became a victim. And we're learning tonight about what was inside at least 22 envelopes that he put in the mail just hours before his rampage. Here's what we know about the shooter. Authorities say he was a former college professor. The motive not yet determined, but police say the gunman recently applied for a job at the university and was denied. CBS's Omar Villafranca is on the campus with all the new details. Good evening, Omar.
5: Good evening. There's still a heavy police presence here outside of the business building at UNLV, even though the campus is essentially closed. But tonight we're learning more about the suspect and the faculty members and the community here and the police response while students here cope with the latest mass shooting in America. Tonight, Las Vegas police releasing this video of the gunman being taken down by officers just outside the campus building where he killed three faculty members. They say he was carrying this legally purchased 9mm handgun and 11 magazines.
0: We do not know how many rounds he has fired.
5: CBS News has learned the suspect was a former college assistant business professor in North Carolina at East Carolina University for almost 20 years, resigning in 2017. He applied to work at UNLV, but did not get the job. Investigators say he sent at least 22 envelopes containing an unknown white powder to faculty at UNLV and in North Carolina. Yesterday's horrific shooting leaves this campus in shock. Hang on, just follow their instructions. Students hid in dark classrooms before being ushered out to safety by police. Junior film student Hannah Warner's screenwriting class stacked desks against the door when they heard the gunfire.
4: We don't know where the shooter is, we don't know what happened, so we all just decided to stay in the room.
5: She showed us the alert students received on their phones.
4: I was like, wow, this is real, this is actually happening.
5: Warner recorded this video when officers arrived a short time later and escorted students to safety.
4: And so they said, like, come on out with single file line.
5: Your hands up at this point? Hands
4: at your sides just like that, yeah.
5: You
3: felt this was
5: going to happen eventually?
4: Yeah, because I also work in the school district, not while I'm in school, while I'm teaching, but it could also happen while I'm at the movie theater, it could happen at the mall.
5: Are you going to allow yourself to cry, to deal with this? eventually. (laughs)
4: Eventually. Yeah.
5: President Biden will be in Las Vegas tomorrow as part of a planned trip, and we are expecting him to make comments about the shooting. As for students here, they were getting ready for final exams next week. Those are now put on hold as the university tries to figure out a way to move forward. Nora.
2: Omar Villafranca, thank you. Let's turn now to the war in Gaza. President Biden spoke with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu this afternoon, and he blamed Hamas for the end of the ceasefire after the terrorist group refused to release the rest of the young female hostages. We get new reporting now from CBS's Charlie Daggett in Tel Aviv. And a warning, some of the images are disturbing.
6: The hunt for Hamas leaders in and around the city of Yunis has brought the very worst of the war to southern Gaza. In overwhelmed hospitals, exhausted medics treat patients, so many of them children, toddlers, on bloodied floors. A little girl screams over and over for her brother. The Israel Defense Forces confirmed to CBS News tonight that video had emerged online showed its soldiers detaining men they claim are suspected of terrorist activities in an unspecified location in Gaza. In Tel Aviv tonight, crowds gathered to mark the first night of Hanukkah. Normally, this would be the start of a joyous occasion to spend time with loved ones and relatives. It's a more somber event tonight. Remembrance of the lives lost two months ago and to remember those who remain missing. Like Gil Dickman, whose 39-year-old cousin Carmel Gat was taken by Hamas.
1: What does tonight mean for you? Tonight we celebrate Hanukkah, it's about lighting the first candle of hope in the darkness of misery that we're in. I think that being together in a moment like this is a little light of hope for us.
6: And there may be hope that specialist Israeli teams combing through captured territory may locate further hostages.
7: You need the right intelligence. We can do it. The special forces are there. They are waiting. They are, they are together with the troops. It's the, it's the only thing on their mind. It's a very dynamic uh, landscape.
6: And there's only one thing on the mind of relatives in Israel tonight. Bring them home. In President Biden's phone call to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu tonight, the White House said the president stressed the critical need to protect civilians and allow them to move safely away from areas of hostilities. Nora.
2: Charlie Daggett, thank you. Back here at home, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania are under fire for their responses on how to handle calls for Jewish genocide on campus. Well, tonight, second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, who is the first Jewish spouse of an American president or vice president speaking at the National Menorah Lighting, just said, quote, the lack of moral clarity is simply unacceptable. CBS' Nicole Kill- Killian reports the backlash is also coming from school donors and elected officials.
4: Tonight, the presidents of Harvard, University of Pennsylvania, and MIT facing a tough grade after this question was posed to them at a House education hearing this week on anti-Semitism.
7: Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct, or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at
2: individuals, not making public statements.
7: Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct?
2: If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman.
7: It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on
4: the context.
7: It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board.
4: Today, New York Republican Elise Stefanik announced a congressional investigation with subpoena power into the universities, which are facing widespread condemnation. Business leaders like Pfizer CEO called it one of the most despicable moments in the history of U.S. academia. Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman said they must all resign in disgrace. I want to be
7: clear. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening,
2: deeply so.
4: Despite Ben's president trying to clarify, the university's board of trustees met today on short notice, and the state's governor called her testimony failed leadership. I thought her comments were absolutely shameful. Jonathan Greenblatt is CEO of the Anti-Defamation League.
1: There are some who've tried to hide behind arguments that it's a matter of free speech. But I'm sorry, freedom of speech is not the freedom to slander people because of their ethnicity.
4: A University of Pennsylvania official tells CBS News there is no board plan for an imminent change in leadership. Meantime, Harvard's president has also walked back her comments stating calls for violence or genocide have no place at the university. The House Education Committee says its investigation will focus on policies and disciplinary procedures at the schools. Nora.
2: Nicole Killian, with all that new information, thank you very much. We want to turn now to a major court decision granting a woman in Texas an emergency abortion. Now, Texas is one of more than a dozen states that imposed a near total ban on the procedure after last year's Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe versus Wade. CBS's Janet Shamley and Tonight Explains why a judge is allowing this unprecedented exception. A historic decision. I am going to grant the temporary restraining order. A Texas judge ruling in
7: favor of Kate Cox, who asked the court for an abortion in a state that doesn't allow them. And threatens to prosecute anyone who helps women get them.
2: The idea that Miss Cox wants desperately to be a parent and this law might actually cause her to lose that ability is uh, shocking.
7: Cox, who teared up at the hearing, is 20 weeks pregnant with a fetus that has a fatal genetic abnormality. The suit filed Tuesday also states giving birth could affect the Dallas woman's ability to have more children. The emergency order applies only to the 31-year-old mother of two and ensures her doctor will not face penalties. This case proves that abortion is essential, life-saving health care, and the judge recognized that immediately. Texas has one of the nation's most restrictive abortion laws, a near total ban on the procedure.
0: What the judge did today will create more confusion and ultimately more harm uh, than that. That's what we're concerned about.
7: For her part, Cox in a newspaper op ed this week wrote, I do not want to continue the pain and suffering that has plagued this pregnancy, adding, I do not want my baby to arrive in this world only to watch her suffer. The Texas Attorney General's office issued a statement today saying her doctor could still be prosecuted if she performs the abortion. It had argued that Cox should not be permitted to get the abortion. It has not said whether it will appeal
2: the decision. Nora. Wow, a remarkable turn of events. Janet Shanlan, thank you. Turning now to the growing crisis at the southern border, the number of migrants crossing into the U.S. from Mexico is nearing an all-time high. CBS News has learned that nearly 10,000 asylum seekers were detained on Wednesday alone. Now, all of this comes as Republicans in Congress are demanding a change to the nation's immigration policy as part of an emergency funding bill for Israel and Ukraine. CBS's Adam Yamaguchi traveled to the border town of Lukeville, Arizona, to see for himself.
3: Daybreak at the Lukeville border crossing in Arizona. Hundreds of migrants have reached the most important moment in their journey to the U.S. Border patrol officials are starting to uh, line the individuals up based on language and where they're from. The processing may, may begin momentarily. Overnight, people built campfires for warmth. Some have gone days without food or water this man traveled from west africa did you sleep how to
0: sleep yeah I go nowhere to sleep
3: did you expect this when you came into the u.s no. daniela is a mother of four from mexico
4: i'm very tired of walking so much with my children with the baby in my arms and the little girl on my shoulders
3: this is one of the border's most remote stretches now one of the busiest in the last year alone there's been a 140% spike in migrant apprehensions in this area. I've been working in this sector of
7: the border for um, almost 20 years, and we've never seen anything like this. they are cutting through the wall.
3: Our cameras captured one of those breaches. Hey, guys. Smugglers hid their faces. And, uh, this is the breach in the wall that the smugglers have cut through, and this is what the Border Patrol is up against. This is not an anomaly by any means here's another one rod that was just cut and repaired today for nearly everyone here the u.s represents a safe haven
4: i am fighting as much as i can so my children can have something better
3: now, we reached out to Customs and Border Protection, and they tell us they're sending more personnel and launching new operations to more aggressively target the smugglers. They're also asking Congress for additional resources. Nora.
2: Adam Yamaguchi, thank you. A former Alaska Airlines pilot accused of trying to shut off a plane's engines mid-flight pleaded not guilty today to a reduced charge of reckless endangerment. Joseph Emerson was initially charged with attempted murder for threatening the lives of the 83 people on board. Emerson, who was in the cockpit as a passenger, says he was struggling from depression and a lack of sleep and had taken psychedelic mushrooms just shortly before the flight. He was released after posting a $50,000 bond and ordered to get help for his mental health and not to fly. In tonight's Eye in America, we take a look at a unique African-American community off the coast of Georgia that's fighting for its future. CBS's Mark Strassman reports the battle concerns changing zoning laws that threaten to turn their ancestral home into a summer playground for the rich.
8: By ferry, Nikki Williams brought us to Sapelo Island, deeply rooted in West African Gullah Geechee culture. 44 families settled here after the civil war, their Gullah Geechee community all formerly enslaved people. All day. Every day. We are, we will fight for it. Among today's descendants, Nikki Williams.
4: This is the closest thing that you can get to being
8: in Africa. You feel it in your bones. Absolutely. This is Hog Hammock, little more than 400 acres, fewer than 30 full time families. There is no Main Street here, just scattered homes. Scattered like more and more of the original families in this historic enclave. Close your ears. Back in September, the McIntosh County Commission changed Sapelo's zoning laws. Home sizes can double. Potentially ahead, million-dollar properties, raised property taxes, and current homeowners priced out and pushed out. They have an extreme uphill battle. Commissioner Roger Lotson, one of only two no votes, and the only commissioner who agreed to talk to us. Is this a battle of rich versus poor? In part, it
6: is. Black versus white? In part, it is, simply because there are not as many rich black folks as there are rich white folks. Now
8: at risk, one of America's last intact Gullah Geechee communities.
4: I can't see how you can't see how that hurts. And it's not just me, it's all of the descendants.
8: A community born in blood and tears, now sweating out its future. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Sapelo Island, Georgia.
2: A hot air balloon comes down hard with nine people on board. We'll have the details next. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
7: That's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe.
2: A hot air balloon slammed to the ground today in Phoenix. Officials say the balloon with nine people on board was low on fuel and attempting to land when the wind changed direction. The basket holding the passengers was on the ground when the balloon got caught on a streetlight. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Tonight, a consumer alert and a warning about skinning those QR codes that are on your phone. Well, that's straight ahead. Tonight, an important consumer alert to think before you scan one of those QR codes on your cell phone. Restaurants and other retailers use those digital black and white squares to store information. But the Federal Trade Commission is warning that scammers are using QR codes to hide harmful links to steal personal information. So to protect yourself, the FTC suggests that consumers inspect Link addresses closely to make sure they aren't misspelled or contain a switched letter. And don't scan QR codes you weren't expecting, especially when they're sent in emails and texts urging fast action. We remember America's Day of Infamy at Pearl Harbor. That's next.
7: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car.
2: For the more than 2,400 U.S. service members and civilians killed on December 7th, 1941. It's been 82 years since the attack that will live in infamy. The surprise attack propelled the United States into World War II. Only five survivors were at today's ceremony. Six had been expected, but 102-year-old Lou Conter of California. He's the last known survivor of the sunken USS Arizona couldn't make the trip. The Department of Veterans Affairs isn't sure how many Pearl Harbor survivors are still alive. But it is important that we never forget and forever honor the sacrifices of America's greatest generation. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. And on this first night of Hanukkah, we leave you with the annual lighting ceremony of the National Menorah right here in Washington. Good night.